to the eternally curious, unapologetically superstitious Midnight Society rejects, Stormy Willow welcomes you. We are the eccentric coots, storytellers, explorers, dabblers, practitioners, and paranormal pupils who examine the what's-ifs, the what's-thats, and WTFs of this dimension and beyond. Welcome to the Stormy Willow Podcast, a light-hearted, balanced examination of the paranormal. I'm your host, Adele. And I'm your host, Sarah. How's it going, Sarah? Do you have uh, any updates at the top of the show before we dig into our topics? And You know what? It's, uh, it's recording day. It's Friday, and you're going to be in South Carolina, and I get to see you in person in just a couple hours, so I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, if if you listen to last show about some of the things uh, pilots experience, let's hope that my pilot does not have an out-of-body experience while flying the plane. <laughs> you know, I thought about you because on Facebook, because we got back from Key West two weeks ago, and it said at Charlotte Douglas Airport, which is the closest airport to where I am, it said, uh, pilot misses runway on a flight to Miami. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but, like, no one was hurt. Everything was fine. But I just, I thought about what you talked about, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's and I just thought that was kind of ironic. It was like, oh gosh, we were heading that way <laughs> just two weeks ago. So <laughs> yeah, it's too funny. Um, but yeah, so I'm just. I hope you're doing well. Are you all packed? No, I'm sure you're not. No, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, I figured you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I have some. Um, I have some interesting events coming up. Uh, we got Memorial Day weekend coming up, and there's some really fun events taking place across the United States. So I wanted to share with you a few of them. So if any of our listeners are in the area, it might be something to check out. And yeah, so good. we're going to start with one that's coming up on May the 27th. And this is close to my neck of the woods in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it's the Blue Ghost Firefly Forest Bathing. What? <laughs> I don't really, I can't wrap my head around everything that was in that title. What is that? Yeah. So basically, you know, only in Asheville, right? And so I had to click on and read about this. But what you do is like you, it sounds like from what I read from the event is that you take like a nice leisurely stroll at sunset and you end up in this open meadow where there's typically a ton of fireflies and you just sit and bask in the night sky and fireflies. That's so I thought that was pretty cool, you know? I was like, that's something different. I know it's not really paranormal, but I mean, who's to say there's not something paranormal that could take place out there, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Yeah. Uh, May 28th, Stanley Hotel Paranormal Investigation, which sounds uber fun. So it's taking place the 28th through the 29th in, I believe it's Napanock, New York. So if you're in that area, that sounds like a hell of a good time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So it's not the Stanley Hotel. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but it's yes yeah, in upstate i guess i think it's upstate it's New York. a stanley hotel and it seems pretty spooky <laughs> um on may 29th if you're out in the montana uh, montana area and deer lodge montana there's an old mountain prison investigation taking place at 7 p.m which sounds uber spooky and then finally um on may 31st if you are in the louisville kentucky area the waverly hill sanitarium is having a uh, two hour tour. Ooh, that sounds, I've always wanted to go to Waverly Hills. That is on my bucket list. Well, May 31st, if anyone's going to be in the area, um, check it out. It seems pretty spooky. I was looking at pictures on the events and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like everybody that's anybody has investigated that place. Like exactly. Zach's been there, ghost hunters have been there, like everybody. Exactly. Well, it looks really cool. And it's a two hour tour. So I'm like, what a what a neat way to spend Memorial Day. <laughs> like pack up the really kids cool. and go. <laughs> now that's a family outing. Everybody can enjoy. And so I wanted to uh, those are just some events that caught my eye happening. I tried to hit a little part of the, you know, different parts of the country. So if you are in the uh, any of those areas, check, go check them out. And if you go, will you please post on our social and tell us about it? I want to want to hear about your experience yeah yeah especially especially if you have any paranormal experiences yes <laughs> and make sure that when you go you tell them that your friend stormy willow sent you yeah uh also on that note i just wanted to mention that uh the carolina fear fest is still going to be may 27th through the 29th is nice as i mentioned from the last show memorial day weekend another fun thing to do so yeah tons of spooky fun to be had Yes. but or delightful fireflies yeah that's I true i think that just sounds so nice i do miss fireflies thing. um we don't have them out here in the desert really i didn't realize that i think they have i think they need like those kinds of trees and maybe more moisture oh gotcha i think it might be a little bit too sunny and hot oh, for like, them what a, what a cool way to kick off the summer basking in the light of fireflies i like it yeah that's pretty Before awesome it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, and on that note, I guess we could look ahead to the forecast. Oh, yeah. What's going uh, on? For this coming week, May 22nd through the 28th. So thank you, Cafe Astrology, as my source of all things astrological. Um, so May 22nd through the 28th is really all about awareness during the full moon that you experienced. If you remember, like, the full like the lunar eclipse was just gorgeous around the time of a lunar eclipse. Apparently this is supposed to have awakened some sort of awareness in you. And in preparation of the next, uh, next week's new moon, you need to sort out what works and what doesn't work for you, which just that doesn't speak to me at all. Maybe. Tap on from last week. <laughs> yeah. So if you had any kind of like awareness or realization, um, it's really time to to understand what that means. <laughs> and um, it's also not a good time to start major projects because this is a very like in your head kind of time. That's good to know. So I'll put off those painting projects. They might not end up going well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go bask in fireflies. Forget it. <laughs> so, right. So essentially, it's really that time to finish up what you started under the last new moon with this new coming new moon. Um, and the sun is also in Gemini, so really one of the keywords I picked up from this is duality, 
very much is going on with people. So you might be a bit more sociable, more intellectual, and insatiably curious than usual. Um, but the downside is you might be a little bit too in your head. So not the worst thing to look out for. The forecast really doesn't look so bad. Yeah. looks like you might be deep in thought. Um, also, Mercury is in Taurus um, starting May 22nd through June 13th. And when Mercury is in Taurus, our thinking is down to Earth and we're grounded. Uh, common sense reigns everything. So you're not quite as like flighty maybe as you normally are if you are kind of a flighty person. Um, and your communication is a bit more deliberate and um, our minds are oriented to the world of the five senses. So you're very much grounded and in reality. I like that. Yeah, so it sounds like a, a good forecast so far. Yeah. Um, and we prefer the tried and true rather than new ways of thinking during this time. So. Overall, it sounds pretty comfortable to me. I'm not going to knock cool. that. Um, and attention to one thing at a time can simplify our lives, uh, but we may be in danger of narrow, overly conservative or rigid thinking. So that makes sense. And there again, kind of with the duality going on at the same time with uh, the sun being in Gemini, you might be, you know, sticking to things that are old hat a bit too much. But otherwise, sounds like a pretty comfortable week ahead. Um, which is great because we are still in the middle of a Mercury retrograde. Yeah. <laughs> oh, over Mercury retrogrades. <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, thank I, you for that. You. I love it. Um, I've definitely been having like the technology and communication issues with um, Mercury retrograde. <laughs> so no I think this whole Mercury in Taurus sounds wonderful. Right, <laughs> so we'll take it. We will take wait it. For May 22nd. <laughs> yes. Okay, so today's topic is mysticism. Do you know anything about it, Adele? Like, if, if I say, like, mysticism, like, is there anything that kind of comes to mind? The Crystal Cave. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Berlin, yeah, like wizards. Astronomist, or was Astro, I can never say his name. Nostradamus. Astronomus. That's what I always think. You know, he's an astrologer. He's astro, astronomist. Astronomist. <laughs> Yeah, your your Tim is showing, aka yeah. our dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, before I get started, I just want to cite my sources on this one. So, of course, I always check out my friends at Wikipedia. They have all the answers and help me out. History.com, ThomasMertonSociety.org. And then also I uh, did some YouTube um, today and when I was researching. So we have Exploring Mysticism, Mysticism and Mystical Journey on YouTube. And we also had a podcast called The Deconstructionists. So I got a lot of sources trying to get a, you know, we try to bring, we try to bring you a broad view of what we talk about. So um, got a lot of sources there. So mysticism. So you mentioned like Merlin wizards type oh, so, yeah. yeah 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 so yeah i mean you're on point but um so what a mystic is it's basically becoming one with god or the absolute so it's not really it's not something that you can really put into words it's an action it's a way of life and we're going to talk about um about mysticism in a lot of ways, but I'm going to talk a lot about 
father, Richard Rohr, which if you've ever heard of him, you're going to hear about him today because he's one of my, um, he's definitely one of my mentors. And I just, he, he speaks about mysticism so beautifully and it's going to be really hard for me to, <laughs> to try to bring you a little, little down version of, of this because it's, it's so complicated, but it's so simple, if that makes any sense. And um, so just to kind of give you the background of mysticism, it comes from the Greek word mystes, which refers to a secret cult. It means the pursuit or achievement of personal communion with joining with God or some other form of the divine for ultimate truth. And then um, today I had gotten a meditation in my email from Father Roar that talks about mysticism, which is super cool. And it goes on to, he cites a source that says that the very word mystical comes from the Sanskrit mu, I'm sure that's not how you say it, but it's M-U, which was associated with being tongue-tied or hushed to silence. That's what that word, that background of that word is. So the Indo-European root shaped the words into mystery or mystic or mute or mumble is another word. And it's when we come before, um, there's a, a scholar, Rudolf Otto, that um, Richard cites in his meditation, and he called it the tremendous mystery of God, which is mysterium tremendium. So all we can do is mutter because we know whatever just happened is beyond words. It's basically, you can't describe it. It's something you're in the flow. It's not something you can say, I did A, B, C, and D, and now I'm a mystic. Yeah, I was, I was about to ask that, and maybe you'll get to it a bit. Like, is it being a mystic like a gift and you're able to like tap into this oh it is it or is, is it something can, is it something you can learn or is it only so, here's the thing with being a mystic so one it is an absolute gift and the way our minds are wired it's so freaking hard to do but and i will get more into that later on in the podcast one it is a gift and two there are steps and we'll talk about it of ways that you can live your life that will help you live more like a mystic. And you're gonna mess it up. We all do because our minds get in the way, our ego gets in the way. So it's really a retraining of thought and really living in a present moment and seeing that when I say the divine, I'm talking about the creator, the absolute God, however you wanna say it. It's seeing that in a leaf. It's seeing that in your dog or your cat. So it's really how you flow through your life. Hmm. You know, I know, it sounds so abstract and so simple. This is interesting, though. And if, if you're watching, I'm pointing at my book series, The Hollows, which I always mention by Kim yeah, Harrison. Yeah. Uh, so not to digress, but it sounds like there's some concepts in that series that are kind of similar. So witches and demons can all kind of hit a ley line, essentially. But that's like an energy source of their magic and what creates the ever after. But there's also elven magic, and their goddess is just full of all these mystics. That's interesting. So kind of, yeah. Well, there are so many mystics that we don't talk about in the Bible, of course. I mean, let's face it, and I think I mentioned this earlier on, most of us, I would say, are brought up in some fundamental Christian church right where god is basically like throwing lightning bolts jesus is like you know 
it, where we live has a mullet and it's just and, and you just you're never gonna change. everything you do is a sin she's not kidding yeah. about the mullet guys I am not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> in every play the person that got to be jesus is the person that had the most badass mullet <laughs> that was no joke you are the hell out of that mullet so <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it could never you know heaven forbid it was ever, ever somebody that was probably from the part of the world that jesus was from you know actually from like that can never happen in southern in southern reenactments <laughs> in passion plays that would never happen but um and, and that's the thing i love so much about father roar's teaching and i love so much about the mystics and mysticism it's what i love so much about my pastor andrew shipley is that um and you know, and this is going to be a weird podcast because I have, I have kind of like my notes, but then we're just going to kind of keep it like this too. We're just going to keep it an open dialogue on this one. But, you know, Adele and I always joke, not really, I think we're really more serious, but we say it jokingly and how we always want to play with a Ouija board. So freaking oh bad, but we're I'm so scared. <laughs> I so want to. But let me tell you what Pastor Andrew said, and it, when he said this, the, Has my, he, I don't know. I'm gonna ask him. Um, my <laughs> literally, the hair on my arms just stood up when he said this, and I think I have found it to be true. And you tell me what you think. But he said, "I'm, I, I'm gonna quote him, not verbatim because I didn't like write it. I'm gonna paraphrase it. Thank you. Is that the most dangerous book you'll ever read is the Bible because it reads you." Oh, that sounds like a, something a drag queen would say, girl. <laughs> I mean, but his library is reading time. But I mean, isn't it true, though? Think about it. Think about the people that have taught you the Bible growing up. They read, it read them, and they used their prejudice to pass it on to us. Yeah. And so that's... Because frankly, what I find the Bible to be is very much just a very boring book in most parts or more like a fantasy like 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 a fable <laughs> right which is so different from how fundamentalists take it right and that's what father war talks about and that's what andrew talks about and so many amazing scholars that are way smarter than i will ever hope to be is that first of all and, and i love how father war put it he's like he's like if you really look at the whole history of time, just like time in general, it's like it doesn't make sense that the Bible that we're reading from really only took place in the time limit that it did. He's like, I believe that God was probably talking way before the Bible was written. He's like, so you have to kind of think about that. And like, who wrote it? Why did they write it? How was it interpreted? And so, and he also goes on yeah. to say, and this one, um, he was interviewed, like, if you could just Google Richard Rohr, you can find him on everything. Like he, and I encourage you just to listen to him because especially if you're feeling stressed, he has one of these voices that just makes you feel like you've been hugged and that everything in your world is going to be okay. Like he's wonderful. I love him so much. But in this podcast, he, um, he talked about American religion and how the Bible has been so misinterpreted as a slaveholding religion. Oh, yeah. And, have to yeah. agree with that um because the way it's so you have to be very careful on one what version you're reading how it's interpreted and two you've got to be very very careful on who you're trusting to tell you these interpretations because sometimes it's basically imprisoning gay people women i mean you name it like it's because it's not being 
translated correctly. And it's not so like mysticism would be such a foreign concept for a lot of fundamental churches because you know it what what am I asking you to do? Like be with one with nature? Like that's weird. Like and that's what it is. Like that's really what it is. It's a lot of the I, stuff I think of, they would say it's witchcraft, like they Wiccan, say, or they would okay. say yeah, or they would say it's like Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of it, but like dabbling into like Satanism even, or I can't think of it. But right. yeah, like the all the no-nos of the exactly. Ten Commandments, essentially. And so imagine going to the church that we grew up in and talking about something like mysticism. It just would not happen. I don't even think I could get into the door of that church. Um, <laughs> just because of how I look. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's crazy because I do like um, I, I know I'm getting I'm staying on topic, but I'm not staying with my the order of my notes, and that's fine. But um, but yeah, so like mysticism is really hard to talk about because it's really not something you can explain, which also gets us into God. God is really hard to talk about because God is not something you and I can explain. And I think the way that we've been taught about God is 100% wrong. How we've been taught about Jesus is wrong. And it makes me so sad because, you know, even Richard Rohr has said, like, agnostic is like the number one thing right now in the world. And he's like, I can see why. He's like, because look how, look how these translations have been taught. You know, like, who would want to afford something like that? I guess to that point, though, like, really what you're doing is unpackaging what the Bible has packaged as what is God. Um, whereas they even think other religions are wrong. So is mysticism essentially, is it bringing all religions together? Or is it saying that you don't need religion at all? It's bringing them together. And in this, in this way, it's bringing them together. And that, and this is the thing I think so crazy and awesome about Richard Rohr is like, he's Catholic, but he's also a monk. And he's like some, like some of, you know, I don't know what you call them. Like, I guess the DSCs or something like won't even accept him because he's way too radical and some welcome him. But he's like, God is truth. He's like, so basically he's like all of our religions if they're really correct and they really are doing the right things should all point point to the same thing anytime you have this duality as you mentioned in our horoscope anytime you have that kind of fight and stuff you need to really focus because that is not of god or the absolute because god is peace and oneness and stillness and goodness and so if you're experiencing any kind of thing or religion or going to a place that's telling you anything other than that you might want to question it just because that's not of god ego fighting but though i think agnostics and atheists always get lumped together and they're not um right because i think it's fair that a lot of people say that i don't know if there's a god and they're agnostic um where I fall more on that atheist side, actually. I don't like the idea that there is, like, a single force, which I think ties into this mysticism, that it's more like a river. It's not this one entity. Right. But I, I'm probably digressing. So, no, yeah, I just, I think people jump to the conclusions that if you're an atheist or agnostic, that you have no sense of something bigger than you i think we're just very comfortable with saying i know what it's not but sure. i don't know what it is 
Yeah. And I think that atheists, especially, and probably agnostic too, especially in this region where I'm from, basically get lumped together as a devil worshiper. So I want to say like that is also not what those two things are either. And we (laughs) are not slamming on devil worshippers, by the way. And I'm not slamming on a Christian. And I'm not, I I want you to know, and I should have said this as a PSA, I'm not slamming on anybody's religion so long as your religion brings peace and goodness and lifts others up. Now, if you're one of these people who's in this podcast and your religion says, or your God says you're going to hell because you're gay, you're a woman, you need to shut your mouth. I'm not for that 100%. I'm just going to tell you that right now. And that is not, that's not a God you want, you need to be introduced to because that is not God. And that's unfortunately the God that I grew up knowing, knowing, and it made me scared half to death because and I arrived to the that. point that there, there is no God. So I think everybody's wrong and you're just listening to bullshit that people say that are brainwashed you. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, there's absolutely nothing. I just think the state of the universe is more complex than we can describe, which kind of gets back to the mystic and the, I don't know how to describe this. Right, exactly. And that's the thing is that, you know, it is like this topic, like I, the reason why I don't want to do it is because it is, it's so hard and, and I'm not a hundred percent slamming on anybody's religion, but I want you to know that mysticism is not a religion. Okay. It's not. And it's, it's a way of life. It's a way of being connected to universe. And that is, um, like, for example, like, the first book I ever read by Richard Rohr um, was The Universal Christ. And in the beginning, he dedicated the book to his dog, who he said to him, it was the most like most Christ-like being he had ever met. And isn't that true? Like, I look at my dogs and it's like, they're just perfect. They, they just love me just because, you know, and they're like, he's like, that is the love of God. God just loves you because, and it's not only that, but with the mis- with being a mystic, it's seeing that in your dog. Like, you're just not looking and saying, oh, that's a dog. Like, but you're seeing that being for more than, oh, it's just a cute little dog, you know? Like, you're like, oh, my gosh, this dog is, you're seeing the things. You're seeing beyond just the name, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, this gets so into, like, cognition. Like, like the theory in psychology, cognitive theory, is essentially that everything is neutral, actually. It's your thoughts that make it what it is. Right. Right. Like, so, I, I, yeah, like, I don't know. It's almost like taking cognitive theory and applying it to, I don't want to say religion, though, if it's not religion. Like, I don't know. I guess it's his intent to kind of correct people on what Christianity is supposed to be. Right. Is that kind of his mission? Was that it why is. he focuses so much on religion? It Where is. It's like mysticism isn't necessarily religion. Right. Exactly. It, it's so the center of action and contemplation, and this, and I did not intend this to be like a story about Richard Rohr, but he really is probably, in my opinion, and other people's opinions that are way smarter than me. Um, I think he is the guru of mysticism and of breaking it down where people can understand it a little better and but one of his missions is that we do it so wrong in our entire world it's like we basically make a mockery of god and of jesus and we tell people these things and we basically keep them in bondage and that's not right (laughs) 
it's not right at all to take someone and tell them because they're gay, they're going to hell. And then the people really believe in their leaders and trust in whoever is preaching to them and possibly living a life that they weren't meant to live. Like they were meant to be gay because that's how creator made them. But yet they're forced to live in a marriage with the opposite sex and they're, their life is ruined because that's not who creator made them to be. Do you know what I mean? Like these, yeah. these are dangerous things that we tell people and then we just put the tagline, well, it's not me, it's God. And that's not God. And that's not okay. And I'm yeah. glad that there are people like Father Roar out there saying, whoa. <laughs> like, and then also saying what we, in a much more eloquent way than I've ever been able to say it, but, you know, also saying that, um, it's really important that we just sort of really focus on those translations that we're reading, that the way we are reading some of them are like fables, like it's a lesson. And some people take it so literal and it's like, no, 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 no. Like that is not at all what that means. Or cutting out, like there's a whole part of, like we did a whole series on mystics and I had never even heard of these people. I'm like, why is that? Like, that's a shame, you know, <laughs> because these people yeah. have some amazing things and they were never talked about in the Bible. I don't know, like completely changing John, you know, from Mary Magdalene. Like, yes. that was supposed to be Mary Magdalene. They were romantically involved. Jesus loved Mary, not John. And they were equals. Yeah. <laughs> and so. that, but and, and we're also, um, I know we're kind of talking here, um, evidence of the afterlife just did a great episode on it. And I went back and listened after we recorded our podcast, but they do a whole show about Mary Magdalene. And it was, so this kind of goes along sort of with that and that, you know, just be really careful. Like, you know, if you are a Christian, I am, I'm a reformed Christian. I like to say <laughs> that, um, I do believe in mysticism and this has changed my life and how I connect with being, and I'm not putting you down. If you're a Christian, I'm not saying you're this, wrong. This I'm will just, be the last time I interrupt you. I will totally let you just talk and finish <laughs> like your story. Yeah. And I'm going to write down my notes, but, um, I don't know. It sounds like maybe, he's getting to that there is no hell does he believe in hell does richard war believe in hell i don't know yeah i really don't kind of curious okay we can we can save that for the end for discussion i mean i can do i can you know i can do a follow-up and just i don't know maybe we can have him on the show like that I, would be i don't, I don't that believe would be the best. actually exist oh that would be amazing yeah yeah come I on mean, lives in your neighborhood me. you could just go by you just want me to go knock on his door that would be great. What like, does he look like? I'll try to see him around town. Be he like, looks hey. like my father-in-law. He looks like Pappy? Yes. Google him right now. I wonder if I have seen him in Knob Hill. Google him. I want to see. I want to see your face. How do you spell his last name? So it's going to be Richard. This is his first name. And his last name is Roar. R-O-H-R. Richard Roar. Father Roar. Sorry, I'm trying to get my notes back in order. <laughs> he does look like Pappy. <laughs> now, for That's those really of you funny. that don't know, my father-in-law Pappy is the sweetest thing in the world. I love him so much. But he just, Pappy, like... Pappy needs to be this guy for Halloween. <laughs> right? Well, Pappy is Southern Baptist, so when I was reading the Universal Christ, he's like, whoa, is that that fella that believes? <laughs> he's like, he's a nice guy, but I don't know, man. 
<laughs> oh boy. It's like, this is why you need to read his stuff. He's your mirror. Baby. <laughs> He's your doppelganger. For sure. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I am 100% going to shut up and write down my notes until the end of the episode. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, but we have been to Center of Action. Um, we have been to, they call it CAC, Center of Action and Contemplation. And you went and get out of the car because I think you thought it was just, you're like, oh God, it's just like. Didn't I have Pearl in the car? Yeah, that's right. You had Pearl. But they were closed because it was like the height of um, COVID. And so like, because you can like, and they, and the groundskeeper was there and he was so stinking sweet. And he's like, oh, please like walk around. Like, it was so nice. I don't think we were supposed to be, but he's like, no, like you've come this far. Just like, it's fine. Like, it's really nice. So, but Father Roar seems very down to earth. So I'm sure he would just talk to you if you saw him at like Walmart or whatever. Maybe the Smiths. And then you could be like, can you, um, we have this podcast and we talked about you, but can you come redeem yourself? Because my sister totally messed it up. <laughs> no, I doubt it. I doubt you're messing it up. I mean, he is, he's amazing. But I don't know. Like, I've I read a few of his books and I just, I mean, one thing I know that he did say in um, a podcast I, I listened to with him is that um, God uses our sin. He doesn't use it against us. He uses it to make us better. So, like, you know, just think of something like shitty you've done and what you've done to correct that and become a better person. He believes that's how sin is used. It's not used to be like, you're a sinner. There you are. So, that, that little yeah. character that you do, it's like, oh, you're a sinner. Oh, you're gay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, um, so here are some mystics you may be surprised to know were mystics. Um, have you ever heard of a gal named Joan of Arc? She was a mystic. Wasn't she burned at the stake? Sure was. But <laughs> she was, so if you don't, if you remember the name, but you don't remember Joan of Arc. She, she was, was a Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. No, stop it. <laughs> yeah, she was. Not the bogus. They went back in the past and got her. Well, I'm just. I mean, not the real one. For purposes of history, Joan of Arc was a peasant girl living in medieval France, or in medieval times, and she believed that God had chosen her to lead France to victory in its long-running war with England. Um, she had no military training. She was 13 years old, and she convinced um, the embattled crown Prince Charles of, all right, ready for me to do this, Valois. Valois to allow her to lead a French army to the besieged city of Orléans. Orléans. You thought I was going to say Orleans, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> but she Orleans. did achieve victory over the English and their French allies, um, but then she was taken, as Adele said, um, she was, after all of that, she was burned at the stake and accused of witchcraft, <laughs> which is horrible. But so just to kind of tell you about her, um, she said at age 13, she did begin to hear voices and that she knew that this was her mission. Like she knew it. And it just, I think that's amazing. Okay. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, and just the hearing voices part. Well, I'm going to get to that, Chief. Just, yeah. I told you I would shut up. I'm shutting up. <laughs> 
so another uh, mystic, and I'm really excited. I'm going to be reading one of his books, and I'm embarrassed I've never read any of his books. But have you ever heard of Thomas Merton? 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 No. <laughs> well, he, um, so he was born in 1915, died in 1968, and he was an American tapas monk. He was a writer, a theologian theologian, a mystic, a poet, and if that weren't enough, he was also a social activist and scholar of comparative religion. And so he, um, he was just something like he wrote, they said that on um, one of his books that he wrote, this, this is the book that I'm going to be reading, The Seven Story Mountain, Mountain, it gave account of his spiritual journey, and, and it inspired scores of World War II veterans, students, and teenagers to explore like different things. And um, it's actually on the National Reviews list of the 100 best nonfiction books of the century. Hmm. So I'm going to check that out. But anyway, I wanted to tell you about Tom Merton because um, I, I really, I want to know more about him, but he was, he really was one of the founding fathers, I would say, of exploring Eastern religions. And he studied through his mystic practice. So like yoga, things, especially like when he was coming up, you know, 1915, died 1968. Yoga, I don't think was something a lot of people were, it was probably even more so like, what are you doing? You know, like that's, you know, there seems to be like a common theme with like around the 1920s, I would say, if you had to average it, I mean, which is when, you know, uh, what's it called? Spiritualism or right. like really blew up. Like, you I just like, wonder have, what, like, you're right. Like, what was the catalyst of that? Do you think it was the war, like the depression, and then you had wars, and people were just looking for some kind of enlightenment? I, I wonder, I think it's, sorry, I know I said I wouldn't interrupt again, but I think it's odd that we're back here at the 2020s, and we're kind of reliving the 1920s again. Like, it's shit, okay. it's a war, a lot of death, um, not a good economy, like, it's so weird. Like, it is. Talk, talk about a singularity. Like, it's true. And it's like, you know, I think that it's like another awakening, if you will, you know. And I think that you had a lot of that going on, like, like with um, seances, which we've talked about, and different things during that time seemed to be really big. And I think that, um, and you know, I think it's because we tried to have an awakening, awakening and then we kind of went back to, you know, being rigid and not as open with things. And so I think that when you, when you close the lid tight, like this is what happens, you know? Because yeah. even stuff, it's like you had this stuff happen around like the 1920s, I would say through like the 1930s, then like in what, like the 50s and 60s, it's a lot of like racial equality stuff. And then we just had all this Black Lives Matter stuff and rightly so, but it's like, it's almost like waves and like a tide. Like, yeah, oh, we're going to explode and be, you know, make all these progressive things. And then we go right back. And then we're yeah. going to explode again. Yeah. And then be right back. It's like, uh, yeah, no, it's like we contract and come back. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, just like, it's exhausting. It's like I'm, ready to, really? <laughs> I'm so ready for us to just break that cycle and not do that anymore. Let's just keep going forward. Anyway, Dang. sorry. 
It's okay. Well, I mean, so you talk about, you know, a monk here and also he was ordained in the Catholic priesthood and he's like, like studying about Buddhism and the Dalai Lama. And that's just so weird, especially during that time, you know, they're just like, what, like, what's he doing? And so he ends up becoming, you know, he's a lot, uh, he's actually, I, I believe, don't, don't, quote me on this, but I believe that um, he's also, um, Tom Merton is also one of Richard Rohr's mentors as well. And you could tell in their work, they're very similar. And um, what I think is interesting, and I'm just going to leave it here and you can interrupt if you guys tell me what you think, but um, he spoke out a lot about the war in Vietnam, about a lot about, you know, segregation and just horrible things that were happening. And so he um, he was actually in, let's see, where was he? All right. So there's, so he was in Thailand and he, in December 10th, and some say he was murdered by the CIA for being too outspoken because, well, tell me if this makes sense, they find him getting out of the bathtub, but then he was moving like a large fan and gets electrocuted. But autopsies say that they um, they found that he was actually struck in the back of the head by a pointed object or oh, a bullet wow. fired. So they overkilled him. <laughs> so they said uh, that it was that it was an accident that he got electrocuted. But you just take that as you will. His cause of death was not electrocution. <laughs> right. So and he, he I mean, it didn't mean he didn't slip, but wow. Talk about misfortune to slip and yeah, yeah, that's it's, pretty weird. So there's a lot, uh, a lot of chatter with that. Um, I feel like it's kind of like a John Lennon type thing, you know, like speaking out. Like they need to, you know, people need to kind of, you know, what are you doing trying to broaden people's minds and what do you mean God wouldn't want segregation and what do you mean that you know this war is bad so they had to shut him up real quick you know what i mean my next statement won't land me in an accident in the tub but um i i 100 think that religion is the one power that the government uses to manipulate its citizens oh sure i agree like, i definitely like agree it's with that. yes it's well, such bullshit hence case in point with what we're dealing with with abortion rights <laughs> i mean yeah, like you're using religious texts to justify treating living people like crap <laughs> exactly and like like the, you know not give them equal rights under the law uh, like it's ridiculous exactly but yet we're supposed to be a separation of church and state but i would beg to differ but yet we're one nation under god yeah uh, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 I think he was definitely bumped off. I think so too. But I'm just, you know, you you take that for how you will. I take it that they had to, uh, you know, have. But how dare him um, talk of peace and people being equal <laughs> and coming from, you know, such a religious background? They had to, in my opinion, they had to squash that. Um, yeah, he was too much of an authority figure. Yes. Exactly. So I'm really excited to read this book. That's going to be my June reading, and I'm really pumped because I'm like, that's pretty high accolades, you know. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to talk about he does not say that he is a mystic. I think he 100% is a mystic, and that's why the R Richard Rohr, if he's not a mystic, he's a damn good teacher of it. And I will say he's one of our greatest minds. And if you've not read any of his books, 
read them. If you um, just want to know more about him, like I said, you can Google him, YouTube him, YouTube him. He talks to Oprah. He talks to anybody. Like he's on all these different podcasts, and he's so humble and so sweet. Maybe he will talk to us. Welcome to be on our podcast. But just to give you a little um, snippet of who he is, he's an American for. Franciscan priest and writer on spirituality based in Adele's hometown, Albuquerque, New Mexico. He um, was ordained into the priesthood of the Roman Catholic Church in 1970, and PBS has called him one of the most popular spirituality authors and speakers in the world. Now, if PBS says it, I believe it, because I love PBS. is a big deal. He's a big deal, Um, but he has his master's in the, um, he got his master's in theology in 1970, um, and then he entered the Franciscans in 1961 and was ordained to the priesthood in 1970. He founded the New Jerusalem Community in Cincinnati and the Center of Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, and he actually serves as the director there, the academic dean of the Living School there, and he also has written so many different books and essays, and he just, he's wonderful, and one thing I wanted to mention about him too, like, um, and to also get back to Tom Merton, because how can we not get into politics and religion, like, you know, like it's so hard to keep them separate. But one of the things he did say, and this really spoke to me this week, um, just to kind of reiterate, as I, we've had some edits on this one because we're working on a new platform and I totally um, messed up the beginning. So if you didn't hear um, where we're, Adele decides to cut it, if you didn't hear from the beginning, um, I'll go on and say it here again. But I didn't want to do this topic because it's so fucking hard <laughs> to talk about because it is it's hard to talk it's hard to talk about a subject that in essence is speechless so it's really hard to do and especially when you're not a mystic and you would love to be in that oneness but you're just not there it's a very hard topic so um i told adele yesterday when we were talking i'm like i don't want to do this topic like i think i'm going to just change it and do something else and she's like no like just let's just do it like i think it'll be fine and then i got up this morning and i'm on richard Rohr's mailing list and so i get an email every morning from richard with a daily meditation and um today it was about the mystical certitude i'm like how weird is that and then when adele talked about our forecast earlier she mentioned the world word um the dualities and i was listening while i was preparing for this i was just listening to some interviews with richard and we were kind of talking about the people that were interviewing him we're talking about like the political climate and just like all the shit you know that's happening that you're aware of like you know just people's rights getting taken away and they're like how do you find peace in such a crazy ass world where everything is just like like we're doomed you know (laughs) like where where do you find that line and so he says that whenever you are dealing with dualistic any kind of dualistic situations that's not of god and you've got to let it go so he's like so whether you are on one, let's take the abortion thing. Let's say that you're super conservative about it. You're like, you're going to go to hell. You don't need to have that right. And then you say that you are more liberal. We're like, I do whatever I want to with my body. Like, blah, 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 blah. He says, sometimes what happens is you have two 
dualistic people fighting, but they're not getting to a higher truth. And so all that we're doing is we're just getting down on the fighting level. We're not getting to a solution. And so basically, and I'm not saying that one is right, one is wrong, but it's like, I mean, I, you know, obviously the government shouldn't be making decisions like this for women, but we can get so bogged down in the fight that we forget and we're mad and we're angry. He's like, so then you're not going to be living a, a life of mysticism because then you're taken out of the oneness because though God is for the fight, it's the way you do it. And it's the same thing. He said, basically, then it turns into ego and you just all of a sudden, like, even though you're going to state your piece about like, for example, I got in a fight with the city about pride this week and I was so fucking mad. Like I was just mad and it took me to a, like just an angry place. Whereas Richard would have probably said, Sarah, you know, you kind of could have written that kinder and then let it go and not gotten into this whole ego thing. Like you're coming back at me. I'm coming back at you. And we're doing this huge, like, I'm right. You're right. I'm right. You're right. Like screw you, like whatever. And we, we both are, we're, nothing's nothing's good is going to come of that and that's where we are with things and it's hard it's really hard when people are coming at you and taking your rights away and people that you love's rights away to get and that's what i'm saying like why i think it's so hard to be a mystic and there are not very many of them because it's being able to find that ground and stay calm in the middle of all of that and i don't know how to do that <laughs> Yeah. I think it is that that bigger perspective taking. Yes. Um, but you know, my solution to abortions is um one, either everybody's gay, or two, um, give boys vasectomies as yeah. children, and then they can just reverse them when they want to have kids. There you that, go. That is a joke. I'm just I'm not saying work. that's an actual solution, but. But really, if you look at the heart of the problem is it's not abortion. It's what happens with unwanted pregnancies. Right. That's the problem. Right. That is one. We're so we're also mad that we missed it. And just like one thing that Father Ward said to you, and it um, it really stuck to me, is that um, fear makes us defensive. And it does. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm afraid of having like my marriage rights taken away if Roe v. Wade is gone. They're just like, oh, so we just push that on everybody's threats. Now gay marriage is abolished. You know, like that doesn't feel good to have to worry about that. And so the thing, um, you know, that one of the teachings was like, you know, and and if you are a mystic or you're wanting to kind of lean towards mysticism and finding that in your life, um, it's to get that fear out and that's the hard part and stay in like this total calm balance of yes somebody I love's rights may be taken away hell my rights may be taken away but I still have to stay in this oneness and this peace and how you do it well here's some tips (laughs) and I think like everything is easier said than done you know because like when when it's happening I mean I I'll let you share the tips but I guess like I'm just trying to guess before you tell us. The okay. Thing. Um, so, like, let's say gay, gay marriage, like, suddenly comes up after Roe v. Wade. Um, maybe I, I shouldn't. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure it will. Maybe I shouldn't think about, okay, I'm being marginalized because that's personal in my ego. 
Right. Maybe it should be why marriage is a problem as a whole. Like, why do we even have that? Yes. But, but my selfishness and ego will be frustrated with, well, why do we historically have that? And they, these people get all these other rights that I don't get and benefits and money and blah, 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 blah. And but, then what does that, but like, what does that do to your state when you get in that way? Everything fucking sucks, right? Right. And you can't do anything about it and you just feel mad. And then, like, you bring that energy to Amanda, and then, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just you're just an angry, angry, mad person. Though, you have every right to feel that anger, because it's true. Like, it's something you love and should have access to and have already fought so hard for, make you completely jerked away from you. But it's finding, like you said, not feeding your ego, but finding the question of, what is the sanctity of marriage? Why do we even have marriage? And what are the real questions? And, and, and right. none of that stuff actually defines the relationship that I have with my significant other. Exactly. And so, but how hard is that to do in the moment? It's hard as hell. It's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. It's like I'm wanting to throw bricks through windows and like body slam people. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a mess. And that's that's very hard but that is how you know that that you know that you are one with creator whoever you feel creator is and what i love is that uh there was an interpretation that horses interpreted in the bible correctly but that whole who do you say that i am i am or you know that whole thing yeah. um richard said the reason why they have that in there and louis miss it is because god's like i'm not a name because the second you put a name on me you're gonna put judgment on me so I'm but not going to tell you who see, I that's am. Interesting because I've always taken that as maybe because nobody says that, right? Except for yourself. I right. am. Yeah. I am Sarah. You don't refer to people in the third person as I am. So right. that's always made me think that you are actually God. There you go. You know, I like it. Anyway. But it's true. It's like, I always took it as like, like a smart ass. Like, ooh, like. <laughs> yeah, you was, see what I mean? <laughs> and that's not how it was meant at all. It's like, I can't let you call me. I say that I say my name is Sarah or whatever. Okay, you may see me then as female. You, you know might what? hear my voice and hear me as I'm, Southern. And you just start judging me, right? You're I'm like, going to write a new version of the Bible and it's it. just a mirror. <laughs> well and it's like um I, I don't again guys i know we've had so many we've had so many cuts and edits so if this does get cut i do want to say it one more time and if it doesn't get cut i want you to hear it two times like my other mentor pastor andrew says the bible is the most dangerous book you'll ever read because it reads you back and i love that it does read you back if I'm basically, and Richard Rohr says the same thing. He's like, I find that people say that, you know, I'm Baptist, I'm Catholic or whatever. He's like, but what I find is that you usually are what state or country you're from. And I can tell, by the way, sometimes like <laughs> your leaders, like interpret the Bible, what you come to believe. I can tell about where you're from anywhere in the world. Hey, and that's true. Here's another synchronicity for you. Ready? The movie, what's it called? Miracle. What does he say? Who do you play for? Everybody says they're college. 
He's like, no, you play for the United States of America in the Olympics. Ooh, I like it. There you go. Way to break it down. Way to break down mysticism, Adele. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was great. Kurt Russell, and, Fultz, and um, all. <laughs> if you can't tell, Adele's Southern's coming out because she just compared something to football. And that we do that a lot. No, it was hockey. Hockey. <laughs> I wasn't hockey. Sorry. Obviously, Sarah hasn't seen the movie. I haven't. I'm sorry. I thought maybe you were talking about the blind side. It was the great Kurt Russell and Miracle. Oh. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, I don't know where she came from. <laughs> yeah. Football. It's harder than that's hockey. Football. But anyway, let's talk about how you might want to become a mystic or, or things you can do to because you don't just become one. You don't say, I'm a mystic. Boom. But ways that you can maybe align your life and these chaotic times to find more peace. And so we talked about this one. Um, we talked about one of these in your latest episode, but sound is the first thing. Um, you really just want to get out of your mind. So that could be chanting, drumming. Um, in an earlier episode? No, but you talked about uh, whirling. Um, oh, whirling dervishes. Dervishes. Okay. That's one way, too. And I had never heard of that, but they talked about it. I was like, damn it, it's a, whir it's a whirling dervish. So um, there you go. That's another way. Uh, but you really just want to get your, and I think it's so hard, but you just want to get out of your mind and get your mind just to shh. You know, and that's where your ego is in your head. And sometimes we have these preconceived notions and we get in our head. And before you know it, you've threatened your city council representative like I did last week. And I didn't I shouldn't have done that. I should have just threatened them. a timeout and world. But I, I should have been kinder. Yeah, um, but you were just threatening. Okay, anyway. I, you know what? I was in fear <laughs> and I was defensive. However you feel about it is valid. We'll just <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, next is meditation. So again, like you're just looking to find that stillness. And that's another thing that I think, and I, I can't speak for the rest of the world as a whole, but I know as Americans, we just, we have a problem with stillness. We have a problem yeah. with it. And quiet. Like, we have a big deal with it. It's like, you've got to be doing something, making progress. 24-7. We don't ever just linger. Moving and making noise is America. <laughs> yeah. Like, you never just, like, when's the last time you just, like, just did nothing? Like, absolutely nothing. Well, me? I do that all the no. time. That's true. I I'm just not really an American. Nothing <laughs> is my favorite thing to do. I'm a mystic. Nothing is my favorite thing to do. Okay. Well, I'm constantly doing something. I cannot sit still. I know. You <laughs> and Amanda are busybodies, and I'm like, yes. just sit still. Just, yes. Sit on your hands. Watch TV. Yeah, Stephen's like, just stop moving for 2.5 Or just sit seconds. in the yard and enjoy the bird sounds. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's hard. That's hard for some of us. But that's something else. So sound, meditation, and then pray. But when I say pray, I'm not talking about, like, the prayer like we're used to. Like, but basically, when I say pray, I mean living in consciousness. Meaning constantly being aware of, like, Oh, like, look at this beautiful tree or this beautiful sky or this beautiful dog, this beautiful flower, like really being conscious. So that is what prayer is, actually. It's living in consciousness. And so really just being being aware of, of things. Is it like more so, being in the present? Being in the present. 
which is also so hard because another amazing teacher, Eckhart Tolle, I've read a few of his books as well, and he's another incredible mind. Um, he, I read The Presence of Now, and that's so hard because like, when you start thinking about future self or past self, you get in these mind games and like you know, really hard to stay like right here, right now in the present. And I notice that when I get stressed out, it's usually because I'm thinking too much in the future or I'm thinking about the past. And so when I can like snap out of it and focus on what's right in front of me, then it usually helps me with my anxiety. Yeah, like I've, I've seen some TikToks that are really emphasizing a point that, that actually like everything, your past, your present, future is all happening now. That's uh, very true. Which is so impossible for me to comprehend. Um, but it, yeah, it really is all about being in the now. And I think so many of us are so worried about the future, we can't enjoy the present. Right. I, I think about what could we have done different in the past. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Either beat yes. yourself up over the past or you're completely worried about the future and you're just not enjoying the moment. That is so true. Um, but it's, so those are just some things, some tools, if you will, um, to kind of help you, um, try to navigate everything. Because I, I know like last week was so, you know, again, like I just, I didn't want to do this podcast with this topic because I was just like, it's so, it's just so hard to talk about, but I was really thinking about your podcast a lot, Adele, with, um, you know, the out-of-body experiences, and and I think about that stuff, and I, I read about it, and I, you know, I, I'm fascinated with it, but I really just don't know, and I think that sometimes I felt like, well, you know, since we're really digging into these deep topics, why not go there with mysticism as well, yeah. because it's a very hard topic, and then at the end of last week's show is when everything happened here with the pride event and I won't go into the details but then I found myself getting angry and mad and I was just I was already so worked up about everything happening um in the Supreme Court with overturning Roe v. Wade and just all the things and I just felt so I guess in the words of Richard War, I felt so fearful for people I love and for my own self that I did what is normal you know I went into attack mode because I was fearful and and it just put me in a state of chaos that honestly I probably caused more chaos than created calm and maybe that situation needed more, more calm <laughs> yeah so so what do you think like do, what what kind of questions do you have um, did, you, did you learn something you didn't know about mysticism? Yeah, I mean, it, it completely sounds very much like, um, more like enlightenment, I guess, than like Yes. Um, and my, I almost wonder if source or this, this, this energy, I wonder if it's almost like a cycle, like do mystics fuel it and it fuels them back? You know what I mean? Like, right. I just have a hard time believing, like, they're, I don't know, I guess it's almost like how you, like, how organizations work or something. Like, I, I have a hard time thinking it's a single entity that's steering everything. Or is it, I think it's probably more of a collective, like, sure. which takes me back to the hollows and takes me back to the mystics in the hollows. 
and thinking about people who are mystics. And then when they pass on, are they just like an extended flow of the energy? And it's just these millions of energies or billions of energies. Like that, that that's why I'm an atheist. That's a good <laughs> question because I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't know if anybody really does, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's where, I don't know. And it just sounded to me like a, the core of it is really perspective taking and taking a bigger step back. I think this whole Roe v. Wade argument is people are so gung-ho that their side is right. There again, like I said, they're not looking at, okay, well, the core issue is actually unwanted pregnancies. That's one. But, like, I'm trying to find the words. Like, I think everybody is so into their ego that no side will say that they're wrong. I know which side I think is wrong. I think whenever you take rights yeah. away, and I, I think assuming that abortion is wanted or, like, desired, I just don't think that's the truth with most people getting abortions. I think right. it's a I agree sad event that led to that and something that they aren't happy about and just the compassion for not seeing that right i I agree a hundred percent um to go back to your your question about being agnostic um so in my i was trying to find it in my daily meditation from richard Rohr. You may be more of a mystic than you realize, Adele, because it says those who know always know that they don't know. That's the characteristic of the mystic. Maybe I am a mystic. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, and I think that's true. I think that if you can say, if you always know that you don't know, then there you go. I think people do yourself with just saying they don't know. Maybe you've just been mislabeled. I mean, um, but just to kind of close, unless you have any more, like any other thoughts or you might be a mystic until today. Yeah, I actually have, but I am a Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just want to also end with this amazing meditation that I got. And I'm going to end on Father Aurora's note and just to kind of tie it all in here. But the only people who grow in truth are those who are humble and honest. This is a traditional Christian doctrine and is, in effect, the maxim of Alcoholics Anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Without these two qualities, humility and honesty, we don't just grow. If we try to use religion to aggrandize the self, we will end up just the opposite, proud and dishonest. Humility and honesty are really the same thing. A humble person is simply someone who is naturally honest about their own truth. You and I came along a few years ago. We're going to be gone in a few more years. The only honest response to such is a mystery of humility. And that is from Dr. Richard Roars, or I'm sorry, Father. Dr. Father all the things, <laughs> Father Richard Roar's daily meditation that I received today on mystical certitude. And I think it sums up uh, the out-of-body experience that we talked about and the mystics and just the whole unknown. I think that sums it up so beautifully. Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think it was a good topic. I don't know why you second-guessed it. It's, it's just I, I am mystic, so 
I, yeah. So I feel like you really jived with it. <laughs> You're like, yep, I know. I know. And I would love to know if you have any um, thoughts, listeners, on mysticism. Uh, I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. And it's I love reading about it. I love learning about it. I find when I am trying to live like a mystic, trying these things, trying to stay in the moment, I definitely seem to be a much happier being. So and I seem to put out better energy. So even if you think it's like free-free or stupid, I, I have not found it to be that. I have found that I've put out good energy. I'm just in harmony with, with the world and things just seem to flow a lot better than when I'm I'm, you know, letting my ego shine through and I'm fighting and I'm, and I'm not saying not to stand up for what's right. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, don't let it control you. Don't internalize it so much. Right. At the end of the day, those things don't. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm never writing a letter to Lindsey Graham again, because that happens on a weekly basis. I'm just saying that I can't let, I have to write it, let it go. And then come back to my oneness. I can't just ruminate on all the things or I end up in a real dark place. And that's not good for anybody. Yeah. So, but any, any final thoughts, comments? I don't know. Just be in the moment. Be in the moment. Be the beagle. That that's a quote from Evidence of the Afterlife, but it's okay. like be the beagle, oh, like do the dogs are just so in the moment. I do remember that one. Yes, be the beagle. Oh, I do love beagles. I have a beagle. We know. That's sad. <sighs> <for sure>. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I I've got nothing else. This is good. Yeah. I think it transcends a lot of other topics. It does, and and I know it's you know it's just it's interesting, but it's so hard to to talk about because I'm I I guess if I could put it into words then I would be um maybe a little more than I am <laughs> just a human being <laughs> I'm not you know uh, I am not a I'm not divine by any means and I'm still learning and making mistakes and I always will but I do seem to find harmony when I'm finding that that oneness and that stillness so yeah, find your peace, guys, and always stay find us. Find us. Find us already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you if you enjoyed this topic and enjoyed the show, definitely uh, spread the word. Um, if you really enjoyed it, maybe like leave some reviews, um, stars that helps other people find us. So those things do not only personally mean a lot to us, it means a lot to the show and helping us find other people and building our community of weirdos. That's right. That's what we are. Island of Misfit Toys. We sure are. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. We'll be off next week because Adele is doing a cross-country trip with our mom. So she's going to have lots of uh, fun stories to share, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I hope you hit up some spooky locations along the way. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we find. I'm just going to leave it up to mom, really, for the most part, and do whatever she wants to do. Yeah, that'll be cool. Cool. Well, as always, stay safe. Stay curious. And we'll catch you next time.